0: This is T. Earl Grey Hart, an unofficial Star Trek fan podcast from the Other Side Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 95, mark two, of TL Grey Hot, an unofficial Star Trek fan podcast from the Other Side Podcast Network. My name is Dave, and I am joined this year by someone who, in any situation in which you would be asked, would definitely choose to live. It's definitely. my good friend Yannick. Hello, Yannick. It's Hello. been a while.
1: It's yeah, it's been like a year or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we did explain in the teaser uh, that we published a few weeks back why we didn't produce any episodes. So we're not going to come back on that. Go, go back and listen to the, the teaser. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back.
0: It is. It's been, I think I worked it out, it's been roughly 10 months since we last did a recording and 13 months since we last released an episode. Yeah. So... We're we're kinda of going over old ground here, so this should be absolutely smooth as you like.
1: <laughs>
0: <coughs> <laughs> we know yes. it won't be. <laughs> yes. So we are gonna try and do things differently this time around, as we said in the um in the comeback episode. But we're bedding in. So bear with us. Yeah. this this, this will be interesting. So on this episode, we are going to be reviewing Again, chatting. Star <laughs> Star Trek Discovery season four, episode three. Choose to live. Yes, yes. What an episode! It was. It, it, I can't really compare it to the previous episodes because it's been so long since I've seen them. Actually, that's not true. I actually started season four from scratch. (laughs) Um, Do do you think it would be uh, good just to have a very quick recap? I've got like four points written here of what's happened so far in season four.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: Okay, so very, very quickly, so far in Season 4, up, up to the end of Episode 2, Saru has rejoined the t- crew of Discovery as Captain Burnham's first officer after sukar suggested to him that his heart was still on the ship. Well, I think we knew that was going to happen in a yep. way, to be fair. Uh, Kweijon, Book's planet, um, along with Book's family and all of his people have been destroyed by a gravitational anomaly. Uh, in the Second episode, I believe it was, um, he and Paul Stamets flew into the anomaly to try and gather data on what the anomaly might actually be. So we don't know what it is yet. So, this is one thing, one of the things we're going to be finding over the next couple of episodes. Yeah. Uh, Grey Tarl, uh, who is still only visible in Adira's mind, is preparing to be transferred into a golem which mimics his likeness. Which we have seen before, have we not? We have indeed mm. yes I don't think it's a spoiler anymore but if you watch the um, last couple of episodes of season one of Picard I think it's the last one um,
1: was it the last one I think it's the, I, I the last one okay, Well, fair enough the story the end of the story was, was uh, on two or three episodes but the uh, golem thing uh, yeah is, uh, it's only it's, it's the last it's one the last one yeah
0: excellent uh, and the other thing that I'm mentioning specifically, because this does come up in this episode and it's it's a kind of an ongoing theme throughout the season four, is that uh, Tilly has been promoted to lieutenant. Yeah. And in, yeah, well overdue. But in the last episode, she had a conversation with Dr. Culber and admitted that she might not be OK and she wanted to talk to him about it. Now that conversation did happen in season, in episode two, and the results of that co- of that conversation will actually be covered in this episode. Yes. Um, I know I know it's a serious a serious topic about you know whether you're okay or not, but the way it's presented in this episode actually puts a nice light spin on it, which is yeah, uh, quite good. Yeah.
1: We 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 love Tilly, don't we? We, we, we do love Tilly. We do. We, do. we, do. we, we have expressed we do. that many times before. We do love Once Tilly. All
0: a thousand times, yes. yes.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: Indeed. So, unless you've got anything else you want to, uh, to mention before we make a start... Uh,
1: no, actually, uh, thank you. you've summarized the uh, season four so far uh, quite, quite well. So, let's uh, dive into the episode. Nice. Okay, let's do it.
0: In the teaser, the USS Credence is attacked as it prepares to deliver a shipment of dilithium yeah. from the Federation. First officer Patrick Fickett is killed and two of his lieutenants are injured by the three hooded figures, the leader of which turns out to be Javini, a citizen of Navarre and a nun of the current Milat. Yeah. A dilithium, which was not intended for them, is swiftly transported away with the attackers.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was surprised to see a quiet Milat sister uh, uh, savagely attack uh. Uh-huh uh yeah, a, a, a spaceship, especially a Federation spaceship. Um it was it was uh it was unexpected.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely
1: uh, again um security on Starfleet ships. Let's not come back to that but okay. <laughs> I mean, anybody can transport us anywhere on the ship. So, yeah, why not?
0: It happens once or twice more in this episode. Yeah, it
1: does. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Intruder uh, alert, by which time it's too late. In the, yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, the computer could not detect that before, I guess, because, it, I mean, they, they have. It's not like, you know, the uh, old transporter where the beam. Was visible and they had time to react, maybe hide themselves, you know. But here, on, on <laughs> they just appear and disappear. Yeah. So. Well, without going into spoilers, there is
0: an incident later on where an individual, uh, sorry, a series of individuals, beam onto a ship. The ship went intruder alert, and then they appeared. Ah, and didn't so, ma- notice that. Yeah. Yes. Ah, yeah, not not particularly clever. Yeah, well, but yeah, they're absolutely right. I mean, the the the, the whole thing about um this being Co-op Milat, it just it completely and totally out of yeah, character. The, what? What? <laughs> yeah. So the only thing that I could think of is that these at this particular moment in time is that these are rogues. They're they're yeah. like uh, militants, mercenaries.
1: Yeah. Um. But so yeah, they could have been rogues, but still they were. You know the the um uh what's her name? The Jivani Givini, she Givani. took a third sword out and she said, please choose to leave. So mm-hmm. uh yeah. It was it was strange, it was a a good a good part of the teaser, a good good start of the episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, in the next scene, uh, back at Federation headquarters with Federation President Rilak, President Tarina of Navarre, Captain Burnham, and Burnham's mother, Gabrielle, representing the Coat Milat, Fleet Admiral Vance admits that there is no indication of a motive, but that Givini's crimes against a Starfleet officer are clear and that she must be deta- detained without yeah. delay.
1: Yeah. President Rilak insists... Sorry, Sorry go on. Um, uh, it's... It, it as as we're going to see, it's a difficult uh, situation where it's the the Quetmirad. So it's uh, I was going to say Vulcan. It's a Nivar. It's a, a Nivar problem. But it's on. It happens. Uh, it happened on the Federation starship. So it's also a Federation matter. And it's a time of uh, reun reunifications. So, uh, I wouldn't have liked to be in. uh in 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 um, Burnham's shoes or uh, or or, um, Redak or uh, what's the name now the Admiral? I forgot I forgot everything I forgot all the names and ah uh, <laughs> oh, gosh I need to get back into it. But Wh- yeah, which one the the Nivant president? No, the f- uh, federation at ad- uh... oh Vance Vance, yes, yeah. I wouldn't have liked to be in Vance's shoes.
0: Yeah. No exactly, I mean, you raise a good point there that the the whole situation is is it's a question of jurisdiction who yeah. who is who is the right organization the right the right peoples to deal with this so you've got on one side you've got Gabrielle saying that it's an internal coat Milat matter yeah. which it didn't go down well at no. all with those around the table because it's almost like they're saying you know. Okay, yeah, we recognise that a crime's been committed against your organization, but actually we're gonna deal with it. You've got nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Which which was never gonna it was never gonna nope. gonna be accepted. But I think that's why Rillac then suggested that what we're looking at here is 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 a joint mission, a joint 3 way mission between Staff Lee Navarre and the Coat Millat. Yeah. And the representatives of those being all around the same table. I mean not one of them could have turned around and said, Well,
1: no, I don't want to do this. So no, they kind of, 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 of had not. to. But in, in a sense, Gabrielle forced her hand by saying it's a quiet minute internal affair. Rilak didn't have any choice but to include the quiet minute and also include Nivar. So she, she can yeah. Gabrielle forced her hand. Well, there, there's Rilak, there's,
0: there's a bigger thing going on here. Yeah. There's a there's a side a side story here because um I'm trying to... No, it was. It was this particular scene where Tarina indicated that it was their intention to rejoin the Federation. Yeah. So Rilak obviously had an obligation to make sure that she was in, that uh, Nivar was included in yeah. this yeah. in order to help grease the wheels of this. And you'll see this as a, as a continuing mm. um, subject throughout the whole of this episode. Now, another thing that, that Gabrielle said, which was interesting... Is that she believed that Javini was acting in the role of Galankakai. Yes. Now, if you remember the Absolute Candor episode from season one of. Picard. Picard, then the the, the whole role, the, the whole thing around Galankakai is that a particular Coat Milat um, member. Would associate themselves with a lost cause, yes, and they would dedicate and commit themselves to that lost cause until either of the two outcomes, whatever they may be, yeah. come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So, I, we both said at the beginning we couldn't understand what this is about. It certainly doesn't feel as though this is a um, a lost cause. It just seems like mindless, a mindless attack, a theft. If you like a straightforward theft, but if Gabriel is correct, that kind of changes things.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to say something, but it, it it would be a spoiler for this <laughs> two years old episode. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't do we don't do
0: spoilers on this show.
1: No, we don't do spoilers. We, we. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang. Uh And then towards the end of the tease. No, oh, was... towards the, end of the This is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. We're, we're not editing. Uh, by the way, by the way, if you're if you're listening to yes. this podcast, we are not editing that. That stays in. That's that's how mm-hmm. we, we decided to roll this year. So
0: we gave up the idea of sounding professional. So yeah. w- what you get is what's exactly what's happened towards the end of the teaser. Uh, Relax takes Burnham to one side and tells her under no uncertain terms that regardless of who's involved in this, you know, the the Nivar, Coat Milat, their ways, their culture to be respected, Burnham was in charge of this mission. Yeah. Absolutely, Burnham was in charge of this mission. Now, if you remember the happenings in episode one, uh Kobayashi Maru. Yes. When basically Rilak, um Rilak, I don't want to say tricked but effen- effectively tested Burnham as to what she would do in a particular scenario very much akin to the un- unwinnable or the um yeah the unwinnable scenario of Kobayashi Maru. It certainly came across that there was a there was a, a definite trust issue between Rilak and and Burnham. What we what we've, what we've um, observed here is that the exact opposite is true. And in fact, in the earlier scene when they were around the table, she said, "I have full trust in you." Oh, she she confidence. has my confidence. I yes. think is what Brinak um, said.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, on this point, I don't have the same view as as you. I think this. Um, Commander Bernham, Captain Burnham has my old confidence thing. I took that as a a um, how can I say that? Some uh uh, 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 uh politically correct? Maybe, maybe I don't know how to 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 experience that exactly. But she, something that she had to okay. do. Okay. Yeah, like I have. She said, you know, I, right someone to tell me rather than someone told me a few years ago when someone like uh, your boss or someone comes to see you and say, I have full confidence in you. That's when you've got to worry (laughs) because when they come and say that, it's usually that they don't, but they want you to think they do. And so that's, that's, that's what I thought at the moment. I thought, okay, so you don't trust her, but you have no choice. So, you're saying the right thing so that she's going to do whatever you want to do and and the other one will, although Tirina is an an experienced negotiator too, so I think she's so right through that right yeah, absolutely
0: but the other thing to consider, i suppose is that when you can cons- when you look at the Happenings in the Kobayashi Maru episode, and, and literally what's just happening around the conference table, there is a fundamental difference between being a Starfleet captain, which is what the Kobayashi Maru was was uh, testing,
1: uh-huh.
0: and being an ambassador to Starfleet. Yes, they're they're not the same thing mm-hmm. at all. So I I actually disagree with you. Okay. I think this was genuine. Um, I I know I'm wrong to think that way. But I I genuinely believe that Relak was okay. was was doing the right thing here. It's it's it, not it, just saying the right thing.
1: It's good, you know. It's good that we disagree. It's it makes for an interesting podcast.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, it does. And to be honest, I can't even remember what happens in episode four. So <laughs> it, we we are we are watching these again yes. from 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 cold.
1: Yeah, as if it was the first time.
0: As if it was the first time. in because f-
1: just for. Uh, you know, for 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 the for the minutes, uh, as Dave said in the introduction, this is the second time where we're recording episode ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have a Yet. recording of that, which is uh, which is never going to be published. Oh, it's a shame because it was a good episode. But it, is. it
0: so, we're uh, we're redoing it. So. Yes,
1: uh, at the end of this, uh, well, uh, yeah, at the end of the, of this teaser, I was thinking, you know. The credits didn't roll didn't even roll yet, and react is already you know try not not betraying the what 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 they just uh agreed on but but making side plans you know trying to make things go away and I was thinking, what are the other two thinking, and what are the other two saying right now you know when they just get got out of the room what makes us Sure that they are not doing the same thing. Outside I was kind of expecting some kind of double B plan or something to happen during the episode. I don't know if you uh, see what I mean.
0: Uh, not
1: at this stage. Well, no. Re- uh, they they agree on something and then relax. Uh, ask, um, uh, Burnham to, you know, try and do something not exactly how it was, uh, agreed upon or something. And I was thinking, so if Rilak is talking to Burnham, is, uh, Tirina talking to Gabrielle at the same time, you know, with a, a, an agenda or something? And at and, and the whole episode, I was expecting something to happen that would reveal to us that. They, uh, the quiet me that and Eva also had some some weird plans.
0: That is interesting, it's not something I'd considered, but actually, now that you've said that, it kind of does make sense. Yeah. could have it been, it really does.
1: Mm. But we are not going to spoil anything until the end of this episode. No, right? So, that's the end of the teaser. That yeah, takes us into.
0: Actually, indeed. I missed that opening scene, that, that whole opening
1: credits, the theme tune. Yeah. I forgot how much I loved it. Uh, i have to admit I skipped that. I pressed the skip credit <laughs> button.
0: <laughs> no, not me. <clears throat> okay. So, in Act One, uh, we are in the mess hall on yeah. Discovery. Tilly joins Saru with a bowl of macaroni cheese. And this is the bit where I remembered, actually, I didn't like Tilly that much after all. (laughs) Because she absolutely hates it. She detests it. But she's been trying new things out, such as sleeping with her. Who who,
1: who hates mac and cheese? Apparently Tilly. Yeah. And there's something wrong. Indeed. There's something very wrong with her.
0: I don't wish to joke about this, but... You know anybody that that doesn't like macaroni and cheese? I'd yeah. No, you're not okay. No, because <laughs> you're a doctor or something. <laughs> yeah. No, well, no. That's why she tried the macaroni oh, and cheese in the first place because she went to see okay. the doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Saru, Saru asks her what what she's hoping to gain by doing new things by the novelty, and she doesn't know. She hasn't got a clue. Yep. Nope. But she's thinking about the um, the cadets at the Starfleet Academy. And during that conversation, when she was at the Starfleet Academy and talking to, to the cadets, they were so certain that they were exactly where they needed to be. And that was a thing that she used to have, but for some reason she doesn't have anymore. Yeah. So I think the point of what she's trying to do here is to take herself out of her comfort zone and maybe try and find that thing that she's supposed to be doing.
1: And apparently that's not, you know, having mac and cheese.
0: No, no, it isn't. So Indeed. we, we liked it. Well, I liked Tilly. I
1: still
0: I've, like I've gone Tilly. off for a bit at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so uh, we then move into engineering, where Booker is going over the data recovered from the... Just
1: one thing before um, Mm -hmm. we we, we switch to to this. Tilly, in the mess hall, Tilly asks... um, uh... (sighs) Suru? Suru, thank you. I really need to get back on on this. (laughs) She asks if she can water uh, his plants. And then when he leaves, he said, don't touch whatever plant it was uh, when it's in bloom. Swamp kelp. Swamp kelp, yeah. And yeah. she asks, what happened if I do? And he gets back to her and says, well, it's better that you don't know. And I thought, <laughs> is he doing that just to, you know, push her maybe to try and do things? Because he told her not to do it. You know, will she do it? When well, it's like, don't press the red button. You know, what, what do you do when you, someone tells you to not press the red button? You you go and press the red button because you want to know what happens if you press the red, the red button. Uh, I, it, it, this has never been answered in the episode. Spoiler alert. Um, uh, but, uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I'm still like, what happens? Is it just a joke or is, does something really happen? I don't know. We don't know. No, but that was funny.
0: No. Yes, but I the the red button scenario is a tough one because what if the red button actually does blow you up? well, now you know, really <laughs> don't press the button. I'm being serious genuinely do not press the button
1: yeah, but what does the button do? you know
0: it's best that you do not know. <laughs> Yep, yeah, So in engineering, uh, Booker is going through the data that's been recovered from the anomaly, and uh, she asks to requisition his ship for the upcoming mission, joking that she would return it washed <laughs> yes. and waxed. And waxed, yes. <laughs> yeah. thing as I've seen her drive that ship, I think you might yeah. need a you know a dent puller and uh, uh, <laughs> extra insurance, maybe a few new panels. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. so uh the ship can you know change its its shape so it should be easy to avoid bumps and and scratches with the with that
0: yeah that's what booker does with it but i wonder if you can also use that to maybe hide some of the dents just put that panel (laughs) underneath whenever you can see it
1: yeah probably probably
0: Bernard goes and talks to Paul Stamets about his new theory, and uh, that is that the anomaly is a primordial wormhole. Except that only four of the five criteria of a primordial w- wormhole fit. Yeah. Gravitational distortions, the shape of the gravitational well, the ability to change direction, and the large amount of accreted dark matter. But this fifth one, the presence of tachyons, didn't, wasn't met. Nope. Now, he knows that the, the answer is inside the data, but he cannot find it. Yeah. Burnham reminds him that the Nivar Science Institute will help. So he then sends the data over to them.
1: Yeah, what what the heck is a prime module wormhole? I mean, I can, I can understand what a wormhole is, but I have no clue what a prime module wormhole is. Well, apparently it has consistent
0: gravitational distortions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has. It has five, five characteristics. And, yeah, and tachyons. And tachyons. <laughs> it has tachyons. Yes.
0: What's a tachyon?
1: I don't know. Uh, it's uh, I don't know. Apparently, there's a link here that will time tell practical. me what a primordial wormhole is. And there's also a link to tachyon. So, dear listeners, if you're listening for the first time, that's what we used to do and remove from the episode. It's. Uh, go on a (laughs) link hunt. A tachyon was a subatomic particle that naturally exists at faster than light velocities. Nice. Uh, uh, Right. Yes. Absolutely. And temporal distortions. And all that kind of bullcrap that uh, happens in uh, (laughs) Star Trek Picard Season 2 which uh, unfortunately we're going to have to review sometimes. I, I have not seen any Of Picard season two, I have seen the first three, and then I gave up. Uh, Okay, but I have watched all episodes of Lower Decks. Yeah, season yeah season three of Picard seems to be better, which is because it's the last one. that's spoiler! It's uh, season eight of TNG. (laughs) Uh, Season eight, yeah.
0: So. Oh, I see, yes, yes, it it, it kind of is, because they're, they're bringing a lot of the uh, the old TNG characters yeah. back into that one, aren't they? Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, back to Discovery.
0: <sighs> yes, so Booker goes and talks to Stamets about, um, about going to Nivar. Now, Paul thinks this is a bad idea, because firstly, it would be rather boring for him you know a whole bunch of scientists talking about tachyons and primordial wormholes but also the the likelihood that there will need to be a very clinical description of exactly what happens to quajon
1: yeah i think the the whole you know it's going to be boring and stuff like that was just because he didn't want to tell um to tell him that, that he's gonna it he was gonna have to what is, this is, uh uh, clinically analyze the uh, the loss of uh, of Quagmire. Right. Yes. Was, was exactly. That ah, you know you don't you don't have to come. I'm gonna be okay. And then yeah, gonna have to say it. Huh. Anyway.
0: Yes. Exactly. What I forgot to mention actually in the um in the preview of the first two episodes is that something has has happened between Stamets and and Book yeah. since the end of season three when they it was something to do with the fact that Booker could now operate the spore drive. Yeah. And it is believed that Stamets had a problem with this because he was now not no, the only person that could do it. And there's always been this kind of tension between the two of them. Well, that tension came to a a, a bit of a head when they went into the anomaly to start pulling some of the, uh, pulling the data out of the, uh, of, of, of the anomaly. And, Booker was struggling with the loss of his home planet and his family. He was seeing um images of of his nephew. Stamets was struggling with the fact that he was actually only there as a hologram and I suppose he was he was struggling trying to 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 accept the data and he was trying to communicate with with Book during this whole time. And when you've got somebody who's really quite chatty and somebody who just just not want to be spoken to, there was a lot of tension. But that tension, there was a particular moment where that tension just went pop, pop. and Stammers and Book, n- are now coming across as actually really, really good mates. Yeah. It was it was a really big thing. I think that, I think that might have been in the in the in that's the last the, episode, the, in episode, the episode two. Of, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Was it in episode two, or was it already in the last episode? Uh, was it in the last episode of the previous season? I don't remember. I, I haven't watched the uh, the first two episodes this, of season four. Ah, uh, right. No, oh, okay. Uh, it might have been at the end of season three, but I'm not sure.
0: Well, the 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 journey to to collect data from the anomaly that was in episode two. Okay. Because Quasjion was destroyed at the end of episode one.
1: Oh yes. True.
0: Episode two is when they went to find, try and pull the data out of the anomaly. Yeah. So that's when, that's when all this, all this happened. So this is the reason why Book is now working in uh, engineering. They're talking to each other. They're having nice conversations. I even, there was one point in, in this episode where Book calls Stamets Paul. Yeah. Which never, never, never happened before. No.
1: And it's quite rare in, in, uh, US TV series. They usually call themselves by their last name. Within the institution, yes. yes,
0: but again, let's not forget that Book is not yeah, part of Starfleet. He's 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 not he's nothing to do with um the Space Corps, if you it's want true. to call it yeah.
1: that. So he is a civilian. Yeah, indeed, I had forgotten about that.
0: So he he, he doesn't care. Okay, moving on then. In sick bay, uh, we are looking at the the new golem body for Gray to be transferred into. The body has now been completed, and it looks really good. Actually, I think as 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 a as a, as a, a facsimile of Gray, it's it's it does look quite impressive.
1: Yes, yes, that's because that's the actor playing the golem thing. Spoilers,
0: mate. I've told Spoiler, you before. Yeah. No. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. 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 Um, it's. I I still have problems with with that kind of thing, that like the golems and stuff like that. But I have a, a an observation for later on, so I'll keep that for for when we get there.
0: Fair play. Fair play. I know that. I don't think either of us took it very well when the whole golem. No, uh, Picard thing happened. So this is kind of the same. I want to know where they're going with it, because they must be doing it for a reason. So Guardian Z uh, appears via Hollow, and Guardian Z is the one that's going to be carrying out the um, Giantara, I think it's called, which is the, the unjoining of Grey from the Tal consciousness. And Replacing it into the golem. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, Z is hopeful that the transfer is going to be successful, and then Gray—he always had uh, aspirations to become a guardian like like Z is. But obviously, as far as the the procedure is concerned, there are there are dangers, there are unpredictable dangers, and there is the distinct possibility that Gray, as part of the transfer,
1: could be lost. Yes. So, two, two observations here. So, first, I just realized that Guardian Z is actually X-I, and that the letter Z, like in Dragon Ball Z, like I thought all along, I don't know why I never realized it was Z uh, like that. Oh, know. okay. Yeah. Uh, second, um, when Guardian Z... Wants to talk to uh Gray. Well, he actually talks to Gray because Gray can hear him, but then Gray asks um Adira to uh, relay his answer, but how which, which they don't, yeah, which which they don't first, and then everybody's <laughs> waiting, like you know, Gray's talking, but nobody can hear him, but you know, it's like. They, they, they were just waiting, as if they could hear him. I know it's for TV, and like, that's that's just for us, for for the, the for the show. But it's still strange that they're not moving; that they're, they're just there, like okay, we we're waiting. Uh, I don't know. There's there was this some pause. Yes, There's the yeah. And Greg goes on and on and on and on. You know, it's just because the, the he could have answered yes or no. But, uh, the questions were really simple, and you know, there were yes, no questions. But no, he goes on and on and on. And then Adira says, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly.
0: When, funny. when Z said to, to, uh, to, to those present that there is a possibility that gray could be lost. Do you remember what his response was? What gray's response was?
1: Uh, not in details. No, I'm already lost. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he said that twice, well, once or twice uh, again. In mm. the episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: So in it, it was it was a no brainer that yeah. he was going to go forward to this. This, well, this
1: was this. Yeah. This was this or nothing. He technically didn't have a brain, so
0: <sighs> I can't respond to this because I I I genuinely don't understand how gray is gray no, right now neither you know it's like because
1: yeah it's like how how does he appear there you know is is both invisible and kind of non-existing yet he stands on the floor and cannot go through the walls and stuff like that so <laughs> yeah it's like being a ghost without the advantages of being a ghost
0: nicely put thank you nicely put
1: yes I mean, it makes sense that
0: that Adira can see him. It makes a lot of sense because it's the consciousness that Adira possesses by having or be by being host to the, the to the the the, the yes. allows them to be able to see Gray inside their consciousness. So,
1: yeah, but I still don't get it. Nah, but that's for TV.
0: Right, uh, moving on then. Uh, we see Burnham walking through the decks with Saru, explaining the whole b- reasoning behind the mission. It turns out that Gabrielle is taking one of her co-at sisters, and Burnham wants to bring a-, a tactical officer herself in order to even the balance. Yeah, makes sense. To her surprise,
1: and to be fair to mine, Saru recommends Tilly. Oh, was it a surprise? I mean, I saw that coming from the end of the corridor
0: there's a difference between trying a foodstuff that you know for a fact you won't like
1: and going into a potential combat situation true but (laughs) if you put the whole thing in perspective it was i don't know it seemed logical that saru saru would uh, suggest that
0: yeah I, i suppose so in in hindsight but then again saru wasn't recommending tilly for her combat skills no he recommended her for her intuitive diplomatic skills <laughs> was the phrase he used. Nicely put. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But whilst he, he believes that it will, her presence there will do good to the mission. He also believes that it will do good for her as well. Yes. And that I, that I do get that. Yeah, I do yeah. get, if you're looking to pay to place somebody outside of their comfort zone,
1: put them into combat. No, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, if they survive the first combat, then maybe they're material for, for for survival, you know, they can they can do something <laughs> with them. If they don't, well, you know, natural selection. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have such a way with words, sir. <laughs> oh
1: dear. I, I don't know if it. Uh, yeah, if it's just uh, just after that. Um, Let's just jump into that. There's a, a very funny scene after that when Tilly is in an elevator with a meter sister. And <laughs> Tilly goes on and on and on about how she's excited she is that she's, she needs to go. And she's, she talks and talks and talks and the other one is like, mm, yeah. Well, she's not even doing that. She's just standing there, you know, <laughs> listening. Um, Tolerant. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, and then Tilly realizes that, oh no, it's, I mean, your sister being arrested. That's not good. That is, she completely flips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. I love Tilly. Did I say that? Uh,
0: yes. Yeah. I, I love Tilly again now. The, the mac and cheese <laughs> thing. Oh yeah. The mac and cheese thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the funny thing about that is that Tilly actually stops herself. She catches herself yeah. in, in, in mid flow. And she, uh, she tries to identify that the, the co-op sister is likely to be, I think she said, dismayed by her enthusiasm. Yeah. To which the sister turns around and says, No. I'm not. And Tilly's like, absolute candor. I dig that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I, I think this might have been a bingo card. How many times can we say absolute candor during the course of this episode?
1: Oh, yeah. A bunch of times.
0: It's only two or three, actually. Oh, sorry. Spoilers again. <laughs> Uh Right, so at the controls of Book's ship, Burnham is uh, asking her mother about who Javini Giv- was to her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She obviously needed to know who she was going to be dealing with. And then Gabrielle explains that Javini was actually the Coat Millet sister who found her when she arrived in the future, which would have been towards the end of season two yes so she she was the 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 correct miller sister who nursed her back to health so i suppose in this respect gabrielle was givini's lost cause at the time yeah
1: that's what she says in the in the the explanation yeah
0: yeah yeah which is which is is kind of kind of nice,
1: kind of sweet in a way yeah but
0: then you realize why they're there
1: it's not sweet really at all no they need to stop her, whatever the cost. No, exactly.
0: And yeah. that, that is the that's the, the bigger picture here. hmm Now this next bit is is hilarious. So as as they arrive, and th- this this is quite amusing because um uh, Burnham said, Oh, we're here now, and then suddenly <laughs> poof, they drop out a warp. And I didn't hear any beeps or any any displays to say you have arrived at your destination. And yet she knew, she instinctively knew that they were there. She got a notification on her smartwatch. (laughs) She must must have done. And then Gabrielle tells her that they're going to have to leave their phases behind because they are not... (laughs) They're not the Coat Milat way. Yeah. And she said, uh, uh, Burnham said, do you really expect us to go into combat unarmed? And Gabrielle (laughs) said, did I say unarmed? I'm already laughing at, at what happens after that. <laughs> yeah. And then the um the Milat um companion, the, the the other sister, comes along and hands the has two um what are they called? Swords, katanas. Tangalangs.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: uh swords. Um and hands one of them to Burnham. <laughs> Turns around and hands one of them to Tilly, who immediately does this whole lightsabers thing and drops it.
1: <laughs> and she uh, she comes up with an excuse. That's oh, that's, please. That's even funnier. So her I excuse moisturized was, my like, hands this yeah, morning. She moisturized <laughs> her hand. <laughs> oh, please, uh, please. <laughs> so funny.
0: Yeah cringeworthy, but still very funny. Yeah. Right, okay, so we're now moving into Act 2. So doing this in an hour wasn't going to happen, was it? No. Okay, so the bookship lands on the surface of this moon, and Tilly reports not finding any life signs on the surface at all. Burnham suggests to scan under the surface that Javini had to be there somewhere idea Tilly discovers what well, how
1: would she know that, you know she's the captain oh that's it but but no but to be fair <laughs> to know. she they have, they have the tracker so they know she's somewhere here and if if it's not on the planet she must be under the surface I mean didn't yeah, I suppose the uh, there's a what, an, what's a natural, more surprising is yeah. that Burnham had to tell Tilly I mean I would have thought Tilly would have been smart enough to figure that out by herself, but I think Tilly was
0: battling with her own demons at that time, That's
1: being so cool. in a in an un,
0: unfamiliar and an uncomfortable situation. She's probably not thinking. She's not thinking, Tilly.
1: Come on, she's been the captain of the Enterprise in the Mirror Universe. <laughs> um, she wasn't. She also captain of it in. The Prime Universe yeah, as well. For true. She, yeah, true. She um, held the conversation with, uh, what's her name, the uh, leader of the Orion chain thingy. Oh. Uh, you know, I, know the ca- I know the actress that yeah, played yeah. her. She was um,
0: the daughter of the last that played Lois Lane in the Superman movies. But I can't remember her name, her character name now.
1: Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but well. anyway, mm. they, find her. they find they find they her beneath the they, surface.
0: Well, they 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 found a a thing. They yes. they didn't see her at this point. Obviously, yeah. we know she's down there, but yeah. um, there was a cavity under there. But also, she picked up the signal from the tracker on mm-hmm. the dilithium cache that was stolen from the USS Credence, mm-hmm. which is pretty decent, nifty little tracker, indeed. And then intruder alert <laughs> and then three three mercenaries three of mercenaries uh, beam aboard booker's ship uh they disarm Gabrielle and kill yeah. the other Coat milat sister now this this opens up a whole raft of questions
1: yeah
0: a whole raft of questions around the the motive uh, the the whole purpose of the of the Coat milat you know they were sisters so again are these mercenaries are they
1: i, I don't know i don't no, know and, it, and, and you know giovanni might have a lost cause but who are those with her i mean we never heard about groups of of uh quite millet sisters uh joining for for a, a lost cause so who are they why are they with giovanni and and i don't know and and it's not explained in, in the, uh, in the episode. The Sorry. only thing that
0: I could come up with, cause I did ask that question. I think the only thing I could come up with is that Javini has followers. It's yeah. almost like a, like a mini cult yeah, something that she that. has. Um, but then would not those Koat milats? because we don't know whether they're Koat Milat themselves or whether they're no. just acting on her behalf because otherwise they would have their own Galankakai. Yeah.
1: And, and um so lost causes they would probably you know tell her you know you're sure about that i mean it's it's not it's not the quite minute way, so i don't know maybe, maybe those are just mercenaries there's no there's indeed no proof that they are quite minute mm. no absolutely
0: uh so yes they they beam aboard there's a scuffle um she lose. uh Gabriel loses loses her sword. Tilly then picks one up and throws it over to her, which she, she then uses to cut down the three mercenaries.
1: Yeah, Gavril was uh, in no, a bad mood after her, her uh, companion. Oh, she killed. she was she was peeved absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, because they they just killed her their escort. Yeah, uh-huh. So I'm not surprised. Yep. But actually, during that scuffle, I had to notice Tilly took quite a thump. Yeah. She she. I, she kind of did this, um, she was, she was pushed in one direction. She hit her head. Then she yeah. fell in, up against yeah. something and then ended up on the floor. Yeah. That's going to hurt.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yet she still had the presence of mind to, to get to a, a sword and throw it over to Gabrielle. Go Tilly. Without dropping it.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, go Tilly. Uh, Javini then teleports aboard saying that she didn't want more blood to be spilled. And then she she delivers the line, points a sword to them and tells them to choose to live by leaving immediately
1: or their lives will forfeit. And then she just disappears. Yep. And then Tilly had the quote of the week. Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs> Tilly says to Burnham, I take it we're not going to follow that warning, or we're not going to heed that warning. And Burnham goes. Yep, uh uh-uh. um, nope. <laughs> well, well, yeah. nope. Whichever nope. what it was, yeah.
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, no, sorry, no, you're absolutely right. If they, if they were planning on ignoring the warning, to which yeah. she was, uh-huh, yes. <laughs> was Too flipping cool. right. They've gone this far. So we're back in Discovery's sick bay. Uh, Adira tells Guardian Z that they can't see grey anymore, or not feel this presence. Yeah. Z confirms that the Unjoining was successful, but he could not yet feel
1: Gray's presence in the golem. Right. So <sighs> Z is an is an hologram at this point. He's not physically in Bay. How can he feel or not feel the presence of Gray in the golem being, you know, millions of miles away? Kilometers. In the same way that a hologram doctor is able to
0: perform surgery on Voyager, no,
1: because a hologram is a a, a it's a uh, it's photons, it's particles. It's like like the, the the technology is the same as the replicator. So it, the uh, the hologram can have. Uh, a physical, uh, you know, um, yeah, physical presence, which is what is explained in Voyager. Here, it, it's clearly just a, an image because we see the the problem with the transmission. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Let's 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 say yeah. Let, let, let's just say that um, it, it's weird that he can uh, perform medical uh, acts. Um, but it surely can't feel anything so that that, that that's that's uh it's it's the whole problem with holograms <laughs> and golems and stuff like that when when you start digging then everything falls down so i guess we just have to accept that and and move on i'm going
0: to quote neo from one of the matrix films that may or may not exist
1: <laughs> hmm upgrades yes <laughs> upgrades maybe maybe still it's weird but
0: okay. uh, no i i agree i agree upgrades. i mean i still think that um oh, i can't remember his name now the hologram doctor on
1: voyager the, is it the doctor it yeah, it was, oh, was it just the doctor? It doesn't oh. have a name. That's the whole point of oh. the series <laughs> that it's like look, a doctor. <laughs> it's looking for a name, and in one he finds one, but doesn't suit him. And it's always the doctor because he <laughs> doesn't have a name. <laughs> the the EMH, Picardo, the actor he, um, Rob Picardo, yeah, yeah. the EMH,
0: e, emergency, emergency Medical, Medical Hologram. Emergency Hologram. Yes, it's going to be one of those unanswered things. I think uh, yeah. Yannick will we'll never, never really yeah. know. Probably Willing suspension of disbelief There we go Back on the moon The Burnhams and Tilly Transport into the cavity below them Which proves out to be a cavernous chamber Now they don't know Why Javinny would bring the dilithium here Thinking that perhaps She was just using it as a safe house For the the dilithium Tilly finds evidence Of grave robbers and Gabrielle recognizes Giovanni's cloak draped Mm. over a dead alien. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Lost cause. Ooh. Ooh. Well, exactly. Why else did you put your cloak over something? Uh, Burnham said she didn't recognize what the species was, and checking Federation records, it came back as unknown. species. Yeah. So it was actually Tilly that speculated that the alien was Giovanni's lost cause hmm But then Gabrielle believed that Javini's oath would have ended with the alien's death.
1: Yeah. That's which kind of makes mean, sense. Yeah, that's what we learned in Picard Season 1. Right. And then Burnham said something that kind of
0: echoes what we were talking about a moment ago, is that she didn't believe that Javini was acting through honour, given that her mercenaries had just killed one of her own sisters. Yeah. But Gabrielle suggested that she may have felt that her cause clearly she thinks it's still, it's still a a valid cause and the cause is still alive was threatened Uh, because she's committed to it. She will, she will throw everything she has at ensuring that her, her cause is, is, is just and is sound. Makes sense. So obviously something here we don't know.
1: Something we will know maybe. Spoil our yeah,
0: I'm pretty certain we do. Oh, spoilers again. <laughs> Just then, the cabinet shakes, and Tilly detects that the dilithium has been activated. This this wasn't a moon. Surprise! It was a starship. Yay!
1: Wow! wow. So is obviously there because she's activated it.
0: So, boom.
1: Reminded me of Star Wars when they land inside a giant worm.
0: Star Wars, sorry?
1: Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, you, you mm. would of course. No, no, I've not heard of that. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so surprise, it's not a moon, it's a spaceship. But what I didn't understand, because it's not clear at the end, even at the end of the episode, is the whole moon... A starship, or was it just a a starship inside the moon? I don't know. Because if you bring something the size of a moon in orbit of a planet, some nasty things are going to happen on that planet. Gravity, yeah, absolutely. But, again...
0: Didn't, Didn't something similar happen in Doctor Who? The the moon turned out to be a oh no the moon was an egg wasn't it and it hatched and they flew away and then they laid an egg another egg and the moon um, came back
1: maybe <laughs> one of the newer seasons or one of the old ones
0: oh no one of the 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 new who um
1: this would have been oh, David Tennant ah okay so um, I ne- I didn't sorry, watch David Tennant's first time around yeah oh don't spoilers get, again don't get me started on that
0: <laughs> yeah that one did catch me by surprise absolutely yeah.
1: I, I don't. I didn't like David Tennant as the Doctor, so I didn't watch the. The, the well, I catch the, the <sighs> here and there. But um, yeah, no.
0: Interesting, interesting, because uh, David Tennant was was one of my favorite Doctors from from that or from this era. Yeah, well, I was I was never an Eccleston fan.
1: Oh, it's the best.
0: Mm, not but, convinced. But
1: I like I liked um uh, Jodie Jodie Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker, yeah, yeah. No, Alexa, I want to be. for you. <laughs> Alexa, stop. And that stays in the episode two. See? <laughs> I don't know why she woke up. But... It's, a, it's
0: a shame Alexa can't hear me because I would I would have such fun. <laughs>
1: no, she can Order you a thousand
0: toilet rolls. Yeah.
1: I don't know if she understand, <laughs> in, understands English. So,
0: Well, you said stop to her.
1: Yeah, because stop is kind of a universal word. Word. Anyway.
0: Yeah, so at the end of that season, um, Tilly detects that the dilithium tracker is right above their heads. (laughs) And then Burnham just magically finds what is a freestanding turbo lift. Yeah. I mean, how convenient.
1: So one, how did she find that? (laughs) Two... um, this will be very it. interesting for the security review of of the usage of this thing, <laughs> <laughs> because it's just a platform that you know climbs and there's no security anywhere. You can fall uh, at any time, but <laughs> yes,
0: yes. And then they just kind of like floated up to the yeah. uh, to the upper the upper platform. Yes, I'm like, yeah, cool, but don't trip. No. Okay, um, right. So we're off to Nivar. So Stamets is uh, in the Nivar Sound Science Council. He's just uh, explaining the whole uh, <laughs> details of the data that was recovered from the DMA. Uh, Provost Starkia notices, sorry, notes that the council is fully
1: aware of his theory. Yeah. They, so they didn't really, need to tell me in the first place. They looked bored. <laughs> that's 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 what I got from that. They, they were bored. Uh, yeah they were also incredibly rude because they just went uh, yes, and
0: started this meditative trance without so much as a warning. Yeah. Right. We're going to, we're going to ponder on this one for a moment, mate. Just bear with us a second. Go stand in the, over there. Yeah. No, they yeah. just went, boom, boom. close their eyes. And that was it. Yeah. And Stamets yeah. like, hello. <laughs> hello. Science first, nap later. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Science first, nap later. That was it.
1: Very good. <laughs> Yeah. Very good. Well, um uh Tirina had to explain that uh, Vulcan scientists, uh, well, Vulcan Niva scientists um often work in deep meditative states. Uh I don't know. It looked to me like they were sleeping, but <laughs> sleeping, meditating. Yeah. Same. Like, you know, banana banana. <laughs> yeah.
0: And of course Booker was there as well. Yeah. Um but I think he was looking out the window um at the 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 desert on the mm-hmm. uh, the outside of the institute. Um Tarilli comes up and offers him a warm red spice which according to my notes is, is it oh is it it's just it, mu- it must be. Yeah. Red good, spice was an ingredient in the broth of a stew.
1: Yeah. It's kind of a or something yeah yeah.
0: Mm. Um, apparently, you're supposed to be soothing to those in emotional yeah, distress. of course it what would have been. He, he, um,
1: he, he was feeling. Uh, he said he was feeling guilty about uh, mm. the, the, the 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 destruction of his world, uh, and, uh, and and Tirina says that uh, it's illogical. You know, being a natural disaster, it was it was not logical. But, right? Yeah, yeah, it feels like he missed something, and uh, I it, uh the, the actor i don't um, i don't remember his name but he's he's really good because you can see in his in his face i know he's, a, he's an actor that's that's his job but still uh, it, it's visible on his face the the emotions the 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 guilt the everything is it, it's it's he's doing a great job at uh, uh acting this mm. which is probably not easy to do i don't know've never oh no actor, absolutely but, uh, yeah so props to uh David Who I don't remember the name of David something. David David Ajala That's him. That's David Something. David Something.
0: It was very, very weird to hear Tarina referring to the event as an act of nature. Because obviously we have watched season four right to the very end. We are coming back and, and reviewing it again. So to to have it to have it categorized as an act of nature by somebody with a very logical mind, it didn't compute with me. It didn't make sense.
1: Yeah. I, I, it took me a, a, a while watching this episode to remind me that it's only the beginning of season four and they don't know squat about the uh, anomaly. So. Right they know nothing about anything at this stage that's kind of why they're there yeah
0: <laughs> the job is we know and it's it's difficult to not know something you know yeah right so uh we're back on the moonship moon ship. as um as memory memory alpha refers to it yeah. Tilly confirms that she is now able to power down the ship, but warns that Jaffney will detect signs of sabotage immediately. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Someone switched off the engine. Hmm. Mm. Wonder what that was. <laughs> the end of this scene is hilarious. Ah. <laughs> uh, yes. So Burnham is looking at pictograms on the wall showing a supernova and a a depiction of a moon leaving its world, which is obviously the representation of the ship that they're currently on, fleeing the homeworld of its creators. So both Captain Burnham and her mother realized that this was a refugee ship, and the pods that are in that on the ship are actually holding the... um. the the alien people in cryogenesis cryogenesis
1: cryogenic stasis
0: sorry stasis yeah cryogenic stasis that's the one yeah so gabrielle is now utterly convinced that this is the cause that has sworn her blade to and she has been protecting them from grave robbers yeah so this answers the question right from the very beginning of the episode is why is she doing this? Now we know she's not, she's not dealing with a, a single lost cause. She's dealing with a, a race, a yeah. culture.
1: But to Burnham's point, does that excuse what she did? I think not, but
0: from her perspective. Yeah, from her perspective yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But Maybe. I I don't know what the rules are. No. for Galankakai, you know how do you uh, to to what extent are you permitted to go yeah, in well, order to protect your lost cause?
1: We don't know enough about that. Apparently, you can no. go you can go very far.
0: Yeah. evidently,
1: yes. The killing is probably not acceptable. Well. So why do, why do they carry bl- uh, swords? Yeah, because uh, what was the the name of the uh, the guy in Picard season one who protected Picard? I mean, he was ready to kill a bunch of uh, Romulans uh, to protect Picard. So, yes, don't know. Yeah, I, I can I can picture him. I can't yeah, remember his name, uh, but no, uh, it, it, uh, it's, it's, it's exactly the same. It's a it's a grey area, probably. Mm. Probably not to the co-op Nope.
0: So Tilly successfully manages to deactivate the engine. Um, to quote what she says later on, she really does a number on it. <laughs> um, yeah. And then asks, what are we going to do next? Well... And Burnham says, <laughs> Burnham says to her, for now, we need you to stay there. As bait. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. and i i kid you not at the end of that scene uh, it, it's not the end of the act but it's the end of that particular scene the camera just kind of slowly panned in on tilly's face and she was like
1: <gasps> uh, you sure <laughs> just pure shock
0: yeah yeah bait my goodness all right okay um moving on then to the next scene where we are back on discovery in the mess hall and adira is throwing darts quite violently (laughs) into a dartboard and i've got to say i want that dartboard that dartboard is so cool it's not just the dartboard itself it's the sound effects it's everything she (laughs) they believe that it was a complete mistake to let gray transfer into the golem in the first place but kalba reminded adira that it was not their decision but adira is still worried that Gray was actually gone. Culber reminds Adira that they were not alone. Now, if I remember rightly, they already stopped him, stopped Culber from saying something um, that would have been perfect for that particular... Here we go. And he, They warned the Doctor not to say anything about how yeah. he would always be in their heart or in their memories. I mean, to be honest, if someone said that to me, I would have punched them. So I can only imagine what Adira was thinking that particular moment in time. But for Colbert to then turn around and say to them, they, they were not alone. I completely understand what he meant. I understand what he was trying to say. Yeah. But I think at that moment in time, to say you've got all your friends and you've got your, open quotes, family around you, essentially, which is what he was saying, is not going to put the softener on anything nope. that Adiria is feeling no. about Gray's current situation. So I don't know, probably not the best thing to say.
1: No, because it means uh, it's, uh, it's not a problem that you've lost one, you've got many others.
0: You've got, yeah, exactly. Like like they're more valuable. Yeah. Well, they, they probably are. They're probably as valuable. But at that moment in time, it's all about Grey. Yeah, yeah. Right, so Kalba then um, sits down with Saru, and Saru's asking um, what's happening with Grey, asking if he was still in limbo, I think was the phrase he used. Um, Kalba says it could be indefinitely, and it was that level of uncertainty that was affecting Adira the most. And then, (laughs) I don't get this. Saru (laughs) remarked that he was reminded of an old Kelpian adage about how it is difficult to ride two veil beasts with only one set of buttocks, as he calls it. (laughs) Now, Colbert laughed. Pff, I laughed. Yeah, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't quite see the relevance of that particular quote to what was happening with Adira. I could relate it to what happened next, but there just didn't seem to be a, a reasonable transition between talking about Grey to talking about riding two bell beasts with one set of buttocks.
1: Yeah, um, I took that as. Something directed to Colbert, not to Adira. Yes. Because just before that, they were talking about, well, Suru was talking with Colbert about how difficult it, it could, it should it, how difficult it, uh, it was for him to be both the doctor and the chief, chief counselor. And I was kind of, I was almost expecting something, you know, when, when Colbert said, I'm here to, to help people. And I was kind of expecting Saru to do, to do a, a Saruism, like, you know, and who's here to help you or something. Uh, and so I thought it was, it just cracked a joke to, you know, m- make Colbert laugh and maybe feel a little bit better for, for a few moments. Um, See, I thought that the bit
0: about being doctor and counselor came after that, that adage. Really? which is why I didn't it didn't make sense I think even the review oh, okay. puts it that way around so I don't know but I mean it was it was funny okay. it 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 broke the a lot of the tension but it it was around about that time that I started considering the possibility that you know Tilly went to speak to Colba about the fact that she's not coping very well and I'm thinking in fact, we've had this conversation before. Who counsels the counsellor?
1: Yeah, exactly. And he's so, doing the work of of two people. Yeah, so, arguably more. Saru so he's kind of the the counsellor's counsellor. Well, he, he he does that
0: without trying. Yeah, He has such a such a calming calming um, demeanor. Uh-huh. You just speak to him, and you're like. Here are all my problems. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> you can keep them.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, Saru said something really good at that point. He said that sometimes the most important thing that anybody could do was reach out for one another. Yeah. And Adira overheard this. Yeah. And it's almost as though they felt that that particular statement was intended for them. Mm-hmm. So they went straight back to bay. Uh, and sat down alongside Grey's Gollum, Spoke to him, telling him how it, it, it was very strange not being able to feel him, feeling feeling that he was lost and alone. And they said something that was I found quite remarkable. It it, it could have come across as being really really sickly and twee, but they said. If Gray could not find his own way, they would guide him.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, oh,
0: you guys are lovely. You really are. <laughs> Bec- yeah, yeah it, it's so clear how much love they have for each other. Yeah, and it is also equally as as clear that I I don't think that either could survive without the other. Mm. So, I, I, I thought it was lovely.
1: Yeah. It was a lovely scene, in any case. Mm.
0: And then we're back on the moonship. And Tilly, Tilly laughs. I don't know why she laughs. She's bait. She's nervous. She, <laughs> yeah, of course. She's laughing to herself about how she is. And, and she, she identifies she is very much outside of her comfort zone. <laughs> and what does she do? When she says, I am so far out of my comfort zone, she walks toward the edge of the ledge that she is standing on and looks down. (laughs) Yes. Well, if you weren't out of your comfort zone then, you certainly are now. Yeah. Particularly as Javini then appears and says, Step away from the engine.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Now, I would have jumped and fallen over the edge probably by that point. (laughs) And until he has the second quote of the week. She turns around and says, "Oh, I choose to leave. Definitely, I choose to leave." Oh, (laughs) one
0: hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Oh dear. Um, and then Burnham and Gabrielle uh, appear. Uh, Gabrielle directly behind Javini, and Javini tells Gabrielle that she should have walked away, and lunges at her with her sword uh, as they try and um try and reason. But the battle is brief, as Giovanni manages to disarm Gabrielle, which was quite disappointing,
1: and holds a blade to her throat. But Giovanni is a pretty good uh, sword bearer, holder, wielder.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But remember in the earlier scene, Gabrielle dispatched three of her mercenaries with very little effort.
1: They were the ones. Giovanni is like the Jedi master.
0: I suppose so, yes. I suppose,
1: if I can, if I if I am allowed to make a reference to Star Wars again, to what? Sorry. Yes, <laughs> that other star thing.
0: <laughs> that other star thing. Yes, Starman. Oh no, please. Starman. That was the was that the one with um Jeff Jeff Je, not Jeff Bridges. Um, uh, yeah, Jeff. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe Michael Douglas. No, well, uh, I think it was it was Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I think. A Neil Gaiman book, I think, if I remember
1: rightly. Don't know. Uh, I'm sure somebody will tell her, tell me I'm yes, wrong. Yes, in the comments. I, I usually am. We will tell you later on where you can send your feedback and your hate mail.
0: No- <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done.
1: All right, so we're
0: on to Act 3, and our recording is at um, over an hour and a quarter. So we have work to do. Yes. So still on the moonship, Giovanni is demanding that Tilly bring the warp drive back online. But like I said earlier on, she really did a number on it, so that could take some time
1: to do. Yeah, I think she was kind of laying there, but... Just you know, buying time. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. I'm sure. Just flick uh, a I, switch, jump done. I don't know how Givini didn't see that because it was obvious. <laughs>
0: well, maybe Javini doesn't understand how the the engine works. Just that you know, dolithium goes in here, here, and here, and that's it.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's it's, it's possible.
0: Yes. So Burnham is trying to reason with Javini, telling her that she could be brought in with them without abandoning her cause. And when asked about the aliens in the cocoons, Javini explains that they were called Arbronians and that they were the last of their kind.
1: How, 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 can, she, how can she know that? I mean...
0: Um, from the... But oh, I mean, well, I'm about to tell you, actually. Yeah. There was... um the reason that Gimini got involved in the first place is she was traveling through the system and she picked up on a like a telepathic uh, signal of of pure love of pure um happiness and peace and It was during this time that Taglanen, who was the alien that died that she put her cloak on that was the the court the the um the, the start of her lost cause. I presume it was during that conversation that she found out about the race, about the actual alien species.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I still have a problem with that. You know, the telepathic connection, I get it. It can convey emotions because it's kind of universal. You know, some someone's happy, someone's happy. You know, you know when a dog is happy because you can see how dog moves or react, but to actually know the name of the race and the name of the person, that's a whole whole other level of telepathy. It's not just, just telepathy, it's just it's telepathy plus universal translator or something. I don't know. But uh yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't
0: know. But the the the, the problem of of the race uh, not their problem, but other people's problem with them, is that their their um, their um makeup, their genetic makeup, had large con- concentrations of latinum yeah. in it, which is why there were such a large number of grave robbers. Probably and it was probably Ferengis, exactly. So Giovini dispatched the grave robbers and took up Taglinan's cause. Now Taglinan, who already died by this point, but she took his cause as her own. So her commitment is as long as she is breathing, she would protect them or she will try and find a way to protect them. All of them. <laughs>
1: All of them. Yeah. And there's a
0: bunch of them. So, Oh, there's hundreds, possibly even thousands of them. Yeah. yeah. Maybe more.
1: I mean, it, now
0: if it, you're it, talking about, a, a, if you're talking about a commitment to a lost cause, yeah. that's huge.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely huge. I am going to take this uh, whole you know people and try and save them all. <laughs> mm. Sue me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then you fail.
0: You've got to explain to thousands of of, yeah. of individuals now. Yeah. Sorry mate, you're on your own now
1: though they were in, cryos, in just cryogenic stasis cryogenic stasis so yeah if you fail you can always you know go away silently and let you know let them deal with it <laughs> yeah i'm presuming they've got her address so it's
0: not quite so straightforward <laughs> as that Yep. Nope. so um so, the revelation of the anomaly is what led Givinni to start stealing dilithium purely to move the moonship so this takes us right back to the start of the episode to the teaser um, the reason that she was stealing um, it- dilithium from the uh from ships is in order to move this moonship to get these people that she had committed to to preserve to where they needed to be mm-hmm However, the problem here is that because she's an individual, the Federation won't supply dilithium to individuals. They will only do it to organizations, groups, planets, um, races of of individuals, of of peoples. And in doing that, she would have then had to have identified to reveal the Arbronians to the Federation, which would have then jeopardized their own safety. So I kind of get it.
1: Yeah, yeah I get it. I get it. I get her motivation doesn't excuse what she did, but yeah, as, as Branham said, totally not. Spoiler. But yeah, I get I I understand. Yes.
0: Yeah, you, you understand it but you don't accept uh, don't yes. uh, approve of it. Yeah, yeah, I totally. Yeah. Totally. So it was intended that the planet that they, the, the, the moon ship is currently orbiting around was going to become the new operating homeworld. Um, but because of a problem with the cryostasis pods, once they'd arrived, they didn't thaw out. Nope. So something was wrong with it. So Burnham, being Burnham, says, oh, I'll fix these for you. <laughs> and in, in doing that, she would then be fulfilling Jiveny's oath to protect them. Yeah. So
1: something for everybody there. 1 800 Burnham. <laughs> I'll fix your problem in 30 minutes or that, it's free. And actually,
0: that's the right number of digits as well. Is it?
1: Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, Javini, I mean, this is very random, but Javini gives Burnham until Tilly, Tilly completes the
1: repairs to the engine to figure out how to how to do this. That, now, that, 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 that's soft. That's that's, but that's not logical because you have two people from the same side. One is trying to fix something. Uh, well, is offering to fix, fix something, some, yeah. and the other one is fixing something for you, and you give the first one up until the second one had fixed your problem. Of course, she's going to buy time for a friend to finish her tasks first. I mean, yeah, yeah. But well, she's only
0: got to flick a switch. Tell yeah. you what, I'll give you. I'll give you three hours, mate. You crack on.
1: <laughs> yeah, take as long as you like. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, okay. Why not? Why not? Yes.
0: Okay. So, back on Nevar, um, the council have woken up, sorry, emerged from the meditations, <laughs> and Provost Stakia explains to uh, Stavats that the absence of Tachyons means that his hypothesis remains unproven.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, they were kind of rude, like, yeah, no, it's not that. Sorry. Move on. <laughs> Matter of fact. Yeah. True.
0: They're not going to turn around and say, I'm really sorry about that, mate. We tried our best. That's not what they do. Yeah. No. But Tarina then suggests that proof may be obtained another way. <gasps> oh, yeah. you have my attention. Mm-hmm. Because they had a witness, or they have mm-hmm. a witness to the destruction of Quajon. Indeed. Hmm. Who's that? Booker. Yeah. yeah. He was ki- kinda there at the time. Yeah. So Tachyons sorry, techno coming up. Tachyons are superluminal, which means that they would have created Cherenkov radiation on impacting Quachon's atmosphere, which have given off which would have given off a distinct blue cast
1: now this, of course i knew this yeah i knew this i knew this i mean it's it's like it's like the the luminol <laughs> in in csi you know you can see a whole bunch of stuff in blue when you spray luminol on,
0: right on but it. no it, exactly that yeah, it yeah but does that mean you then have to shine this like enormous ultraviolet light into the atmosphere to be able you know, to see because
1: it? upgrades okay. <laughs> there we so, go what happens if you spray luminol on tachyon field are they turning blue because of the luminal or blue because of the tachyon?
0: Contamination of evidence. Uh, Hopefully,
1: yeah. there was there never was any tachyon in CSI. So, well,
0: I mean, I presume they they took a copy of it before they contaminated it, so they could just like restore the the backup. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. Um, but <laughs> back at the review. Uh, <laughs> CSI discovery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. CSI discovery. <laughs> now, obviously, the suggestion of a mind meld um, with, uh, with Booker is, is quite shocking because that means that Booker would then have to go through and relive all the trauma of the destruction of his planet and all the rest of it again.
1: Yeah, uh, and despite many uh, proof of the, the contrary, it's supposed to be forbidden to do a mind meld with a human. Or, or uh, uh, someone from Quaidon. It's it's. I don't know whether it's forbid.
0: It's dangerous. so we have we had this. It's dangerous, certainly. We we had this conversation when we reviewed season four of, yeah. of Enterprise, yeah. and we were to- talking about. Um, I think it was to Powell who did a mind meld on on Archer. Yeah. Um, and we dis- we discussed it at the time. We did some research into it. I think it was that somebody on that episode said that this is not the this is not the right way of doing it. this is yeah. not the done thing so i I think it's more around the in fact didn't um to poll and archer have a mind meld at some point
1: yeah when archer was um as is the, the conscience of um no that was that was to powell not to poll oh that was to Paul. yeah okay
0: yeah, that was to uh, yeah.
1: um
0: yeah, the conscience of um I can't remember his name now. Yeah. Sue uh, not Sue Carl, that was different. No, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> something something that on his yes. Yeah. That, that dude. Yeah. Right. But I mean Tarina, she's president of the Nivar Council. Yeah. So I would imagine she's fairly experienced with my milk. Yeah. So she'll know the um the the, the rights and wrongs. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It happens. And
1: nobody's going to come to tell her that uh, it's not the way. So. Who does she answer to? She's yeah. president. Yeah. Well, technically, I suppose she answers to everybody
0: on Neva. <laughs> True. <laughs> this is not a democracy. We, yeah. <laughs> Inside Booker's mind, he relives seeing the birds plummeting from the sky and Quasion's moon being shattered by gravitational distortion. Trina has seen all she needs, but Booker insists that there is one other thing that he needs to see. And that's his last memory of his brother, Kaim and his nephew, Leto, just before Quajon is destroyed. Mm -hmm. Booker explains that he keeps seeing the last moment that he saw Leto in his mind, wondering what he missed. That in the memory, Leto turns back to him and he saw that Booker loved him. And that's, that's all he wanted. Yeah. Booker, Booker said a number of times in this episode and in the previous episode, he did not know that Booker loved him. He needed him to know. And it right. turns out he did. Yeah. He knew. As Tirina dissolves the mind melt, Booker looks up to the sky and, and thanks her. She tells Stamets that there was no evidence of tachyons in Booker's memory and departs. So she's doing it as well. Yeah. Sorry, there's nothing there. Bonk, gone. Cheers. <laughs> Stamets then apologizes
1: to Booker for making him go through all of that for nothing. But Booker replies, it, it wasn't for nothing. No, no. Because I think he got closure on, uh, on on anything that was, you know, uh, eating him from, from the inside. I don't think it's going to fix anything. No. But it will
0: certainly allow the healing process to begin. How,
1: how, how do you fix Losing everyone you knew and your planet—you can't fix that. No, you you can't. You you can't. You can ease it a little bit. Is a bit of a parallel here between
0: Booker and Quajon and Adira and Gray. Yeah. In
1: a way. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Now I'm saying that uh, you 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 can't—you know—you can't uh, fix uh, losing a planet and everyone you know. I don't know. I've never lost a planet yet. So, no, not me actually. No, it's funny you say that. It's a coincidence. Mm. How many people here have, have, haven't lost a planet yet? I mean, surely we're not that many. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm missing out or not. I, I don't four, know. Is this something four, that I want to happen? Four billion of us only, something like that? Is that or is it? I don't know. I don't even know how many people there's on, on this, this on this planet. Yes. I think it's just hit eight. eight. Eight billion? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was off by half of, of that. So that, that's, that's in the same <laughs> order of magnitude. That's good. Oh, to be fair, though, it was only, I don't know, 50, 60 years ago that it was down to, it was down to four. Yeah. So in three years, we're going to be 12 million. Mm, I'd probably add a zero to that, to be fair. <laughs>
0: Anyway, back to Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. uh, back to Star Trek. <laughs> back on the moonship, then. Yes. Uh, Burnham has discovered the fault in the cryo system, and she has repaired it dun, because dun, dun. she understands cryo systems.
1: Yeah, because it's it's like what we said in Enterprise. It's standard things, you know. It's the uh, same valves and the same. Oh vegans. yeah, so yeah. The, the, the cryo the, system, the, the in... conduits. Yeah. Yes, cryo system yes. There's one. Provider of cryo system for the whole, the whole universe. So yeah, yeah, Once you studied one, you know them all. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. makes sense. Mm.
0: <laughs> no comp, no competition on in uh, in the thirty nope. fourth century at all. Then. she activates the awakening system and tells Javinia they will be fo- fully warmed up in a few minutes. Now, I don't think it's safe to. Take someone from a frozen to a fully warmed up state in a few minutes. I would yep. imagine it would have to take a day or two at least.
1: At least, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, when you take a chicken out of the, out of the freezer, you have to defrost it at room temperature for like eight hours.
1: Yeah, before it starts running. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meant a dead chicken? Yeah, I meant a dead chicken. <laughs> but yeah, yeah,
0: the the point is still valid. <laughs> Gabrielle goes up to Givini and tells her that her path has ended, but a new one is now awaiting. Apologising, Givini drops her sword. Burnham produces a pair of binders, which Gabrielle takes as her responsibility to bring Givini in. Givini understands and submits without resistance.
1: She she's done she's done her job she's yep. done what she needed our, to our, do her lost cause is saved well it's no longer exactly. lost <laughs> so no
0: absolutely her uh, job is done
1: um, and
0: and that was the end of that um, that particular act we we actually watch as the Arbronians are transferring I mean how they're doing it I don't know whether they're she's just flying through the through space or whether they're they're in their pods but you see this whole um, swarm. Of Arbronians going from the moonship onto this yeah. this new homeworld of theirs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a great ending to the to the act. It really is, but lots of questions around: What are they going to do when they get there? Um, Has have people have have members of their race already been along and like built cities and houses and stuff, or are they just going to like sleep under the stars for yeah. the next twenty seven yeah. years? I don't
1: know. <laughs> Will they ever know? There were there was. Uh... Someone on their moonship, and uh, someone who woke them up, did they realize that they spent years maybe uh, in in stages? I don't know we don't know it was also well, it was also weird that they didn't even apparently didn't even detect the books ship because they didn't even come close to that or try to uh, get in touch so yeah well this is the, this is a really good question because.
0: We don't know how advanced this particular yeah. civilization is. If they're not advanced at all, then the Prime Directive is in full effect.
1: And they should not even they should
0: not even encounter them.
1: A civilization capable of building a moon ship—put it there—like thousands of people in cryogenic <laughs> stasis and move to another world. They're pretty pretty advanced, I think. But I think that yeah. the rule is if you have achieved warp speed, then first contact is allowed. I think that's what that's the I think that's the rule. That's something because that's that's that, how that that that's when the, the Vulcans made first contact with uh the humans when Cochrane um broke mm-hmm. the uh warp one. It was the warp yeah. signature that there was yeah. detected
0: by yeah. uh, the um, so by the Vulcans, Yeah,
1: We don't we don't know if the moonship was warp capable or not. So the question remains. No, but if
0: if they did create the moonship as a as a, either they already had it or it was, it was created as an escape vessel from yeah. their original homeworld, they're still fairly advanced. Even if they don't have what, uh yeah. well, hang on, their engine ran on dilithium. Yeah. So WAP. Did. So that implies that yeah. it they, that it had a um, a warp core. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yep. Again, something we'll never know. You yeah. know, they're not part of the story anymore, as far as I can tell from this point. So... No. All right, on to Act 4, then. This is the final act of the episode. Yes. As Booker's ship returns to Federation headquarters, Tilly asks Gabrielle about what Jufigny said about her path being set on meeting Taglanen and what Gabrielle told her about a new path. Gabrielle explains that paths end and change all throughout everyone's lives, and that the co minap phrase choose to live was actually an abbreviated form of a longer phrase. The path you are on has come to an end. Choose to live. Now it seems an easy choice. Move on to a new path and live, or stay on the same path and die. Tilly well duh. Yeah. Tilly Tilly asks about the death being metaphorical. Gabriel concedes that the path's end is harder to recognize, but must be but one must be willing to look inside themselves with absolute candor.
1: Ching, ding, ding, yeah, yeah. So it fits with what Tilly's going through, uh, as you know, she's she might be spoiler alert at the end of uh, one path, <laughs> and uh, now she needs to figure out what her next path will be, uh, which right. I, understandably can be hard to figure out, uh, you know? It absolutely can. Even even, even if it, you realize that what you're doing, and that could be anything, It's a job or a passion or anything, but when you realize that, well, that's not what you want to do anymore, what are you going to do instead of that? And that's very difficult. You could take it that one
0: step further because, yes it may be difficult to recognize the transition from the end of one path to the start of a new one. Therefore, you wouldn't necessarily know that you need to start a new path. But ask yourself this question. How many paths are you on right at this very moment? Oh, many. Exactly. (laughs) Precisely too many. And all of them are starting and ending at different times. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not quite as straightforward as the path you're on has come to an end, choose to live. It's the path you're on has changed. Where are you going to go next? Yeah. Uh, It just sounds a bit less um, Very um, apocalyptic. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's very (laughs) philosophical.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, I I can't whether I mentioned this before. Uh, it might have been on one of the episodes that will never get posted, but we we use a concept at work called radical candor. Yeah, which a- it's actually based on exactly. The, well, no, it's probably not based on it. I probably get sued for saying that. But the concept between radical candor and absolute candor are very very similar. Yes, indeed. It's a it's about
1: telling people the truth without being rude about it, uh, and telling the truth. Sooner rather than later, you know right yeah. Yeah, it's a, don't just, don't
0: try and d- don't try and withhold something yeah. in order to save someone's feelings yeah.
1: if they need to know they need to know yeah. so tell them it's a very interesting book, I recommend that, and I thank you for recommending recommending it to me, ah, very welcome you are that you did,
0: yes, did I just make a thing reference <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's my career down the drain. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right, Gabrielle then joins her daughter on the bridge and admits that she asked for a joint mission because she was not sure that she would be able to bring Javini in, and that Burnham would have made her do so. This was such an amazing admission from Gabrielle. Yeah. It really was because I thought she was going to say. I wanted to spend more time with my daughter, but actually, no, it was a case of, I didn't trust myself to complete this mission. I needed you to basically kick me into shape. Yeah. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. it was a nice, nice little exchange. Mm -hmm. Right. So we are coming towards the end. So yeah. We're at Federation headquarters now, and Burnham is being debriefed by President Rillac, President Torina, and Fleet Admiral Vance, asking that mitigating circumstances be taken into account at Gibbonese sentencing. I kind of get this. Kind of get it. Yeah. Yeah. You do something, it's wrong, it's against the law, but you're doing it for the right reasons. You're doing it for the benefit of the many rather than the few.
1: Yeah.
0: Any court in this country would at least consider it. Yeah. As no. mitigation yeah even if it didn't have any effect however yeah relax relax says thank you for your service but your request is not necessary and i'm like what oh. on earth does that mean and then she just says admiral vance so she's passed the the, the buck of of what was about to happen to Vance which I thought was was quite nasty actually
1: yeah yeah it's like something you know uncomfortable needs to be said so here's the hot potato deal with it
0: <clears throat> yeah it right i have some really really bad news and to tell you that bad news here is vance <laughs> yeah not great no so, with obvious reluctance in his, uh, in his expression, Vance informs Tarina that Starfleet was remanding Giovanni into her custody for extradition to Nivar. Yeah. So, basically, that's kind of... is stamped right on Burnham's head because she went into this mission on the basis of getting justice for the Phil- yeah. yeah. Patrick Fickett's Fickett and his family. No. All right. And now it looks like she's not going to get that.
1: No. And they're not going to get any injustice either. So N-
0: well, not according to Relac not yet.
1: Yeah. The I, the thing is I I kind of understand her reasoning like, you know, as as she said uh, in, in this scene a little bit uh, after the, the, the events we're talking about she said hmm. it's it's better to have Nivar as a, a member of the federation it would benefit millions of people right. rather than ha- having Giovanni tried and that would be benefit three or four people and I get right. that I understand that the need of the many but still it sucks
0: yeah it, it completely does. It really does. But the right decision, and this works both ways, is not necessarily
1: the right decision. No. And that's why uh, um, uh, Burnham is the captain of a Starfleet and not president of the Federation. Um, well, this
0: leads really nicely into the what I think is probably the most important scene of i would say seasons three and four so far because it answers a lot of things when burnham and vance are on their own yeah she asks him if he's okay with this decision and he admits that he would have preferred a different outcome he then asks burnham if she likes music i'm like what? where's this going Think of the Federation as an orchestra. Burnham is first chair violin with the showy, challenging solos. Vance is the drum section, setting the pace, providing the backbone. Rillac is the conductor. Yeah. When she signals us, we play. It was not their job to look after the others, but to focus on their own parts and trust that she, Rillac, knew the the symphony. Yeah. That put a lot of things into place for me because I I totally get, I totally get that there are difficult decisions to be made, but that's well above Burnham's pay grade, well above those decisions. I wouldn't want to make decisions like that.
1: No, nope, me neither. The, buck's, the buck stops with Rilakk. Yeah,
0: it absolutely stops with her.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. She's she's the politician, and uh, and Burnham is right. uh, is the action figure. You know, she's she's precisely. She's the muscles. And everybody's in that job because that is where they are perfectly yeah. placed. True.
0: All right. You don't put. Again, keeping on the analogy, you do not put a percussionist on first chair violin.
1: No, no. All
0: right? If you put Vance in command of Discovery, can't imagine what would happen, to be fair.
1: Yeah. But I wouldn't
0: want to see it. Yeah. All right? In the same way that Burnham couldn't
1: command the fleet. No. As Vance does. No, because she's—we already noticed she's 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 really involved in her missions, and she couldn't be everywhere, and she would want to be everywhere if she yeah. were Argu- she arguably too
0: involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah too involved. Yeah. Which
1: which was the whole
0: point of of, of, of the Kobayashi, Kobayashi Maru. Maru. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then at the end of this particular scene, we then had what I would um, add as one of the quotes of the week. Yeah, and. Uh, this this is this is gorgeous. Burnham notes the amount of analogy that Vance used. Vance joked, "They paid him by the letter, which
1: and actually, he and
0: he smiled."
1: Yeah, which actually is probably true because they are probably paid <laughs> by the number of quotes they uh, they have to say, uh, in, uh, the number of lines they have to say in in the episode, which is why oh from often, from an acting yeah. yes absolutely we, we, yeah, which is why we often see extras who have no lines they just come because they're not got paid and, yeah they, they didn't get paid that much yeah, yeah
0: no absolutely yeah. yeah hilarious
1: but no I, I
0: i put in my original notes from when we recorded this um this episode before i'm really starting to
1: like Vance. yeah <laughs> he's is a good guy uh it yes, takes he a while is. to get uh to get used to him but yeah he's, he's, he's a good guy mm. Not as as good as Tilly because we love Tilly. Did you know that already? <laughs> we love Tilly. We love Tilly. We love Tilly. We like Vance. We yes. didn't. We didn't. But now you we may do.
0: recall we never used to. We yeah. never, when we first met him. We didn't like him. No. But now he's but, but uh, that, that, he's proof
1: of being a both a good actor and a good character written by by you know the the team of writers because mm. they flipped it. You know, in in our uh, in our view, so they did a good job here. It's sometimes you get a, a character, and then the first impression will stay forever, whatever the character does. You still it's still the guy that the bad guy or the guy we like to hate. But no, Vance <laughs> flipped from we don't like him that much to well, we kind of like him now.
0: Mm, yeah. Uh, Okay, uh, back aboard Discovery. Tilly enters Saru's quarters, yeah. finding him watering his plants. Mm-hmm. Tilly asks him if he had been the one to suggest to Burnham to take her on the mission, and he confirms that he thought it was f- it would further her quest for new experiences, as he put it. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Being bait. Check.
0: <laughs> I don't think that was the original intention. <laughs> I could be wrong. Tilly offers to help water the plants as she had offered and jokingly puts her hands close to the swamp, swamp kelp blooms, mm-hmm. even though he had warned her not to.
1: But I want to know! <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, okay, so the way to do that is to get a false hand and get the false hand to poke yeah,
1: the what uh, swamp, if, swamp kelp. What if the plant doesn't react to a false hand? Because Sir didn't say... Don't touch the plant with something. He said, don't touch the plant. It, the, so. Yeah. Uh,
0: and may, maybe it's it's discerning. I mean, you could probably you know, touch it with your elbow and it'd be fine.
1: Touch it with your finger and it'll bite it off. Maybe. I don't know. We it did look know. a bit like a Venus slice trap. So.
0: <laughs> in sickbay, Grey remains unresponsive until suddenly brain activity kicks in.
1: Yeah, so... Here's here's the point I wanted to touch on earlier. Why would a golem have a brain in the shape of a brain?
0: That was no, 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 no. That was a depiction of a brain on 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 a machine.
1: But the machine knows it's not a human being or whatever race it was. It's not a humanoid. It's a machine. It's a golem. What would you rather see a a Borg-like cube yeah, on the something. screen a buzzing positronic <laughs> brain? Yeah. Uh, okay. It's it, it, it's a damn robot. Cuz yeah it is it's an android basically isn't it? So Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: I mean a follow up to that question would be what's been happening all this time? Yeah. Where was he? Well wh- what was Yeah. What, what what Z basically did, rightly or wrongly, I'm not going to get back into that now, is transfer a consciousness. Yeah. Not
1: a cluster of code. Indeed. So where did this consciousness go? Did did they transfer... Yeah, they transferred the symbiont. No. Sure. The symbiont
0: is still with Adira. Okay. He uh, So... Um, gray has been removed gray's um consciousness has been uh, removed okay, yeah. from Tal. yeah and injected or inserted or uploaded whatever you want to call it into this golem okay yeah so technically gray is no longer part of Tau there's no um um yeah connection uh, yeah. what's the word i'm looking for Psychic, let's go with psychic. There's no psychic
1: connection between Adira and Grey anymore. Yeah, which is why Adira didn't feel Grey until he came back in the body. Yeah, okay, got it. Right. Got it, yeah.
0: Adira has been asleep uh, all this time, holding Grey's hand, and Grey begins to grasp their hand himself as he becomes conscious. Adira awakens and asks him, is he himself? Well, firstly, a staff question, but let's not go into <laughs> that. Gray reacts with wonder at having corporal form again and replies, he was definitely himself. Sorry, mate, you're not. You're an android. Yeah.
1: Dr. <laughs> Colbert enters. Gone. Probably a fully functional android, but still. Oh, please.
0: What? My goodness (laughs) me, did you have to? Uh, I know uh, it's been uh, 10 months since we have (laughs) recorded, but you had to do that so quick, (laughs) so soon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh,
0: Right, if you're not sure what we're talking about, you need to go back to the TNG season one episode
1: called... Two or three, something like that. Um,
0: Oh, it's one of the really early ones. I can't remember the name of it. Um, The Naked Now. Was it The
1: Naked Now? I think.
0: Yes, it must have been. No. It must have been because it was the follow-on from the Naked Time, wasn't it? Yes. Um, yes, the Naked Now season one of uh, of TNG, and I, uh, no, I don't apologise <laughs> for any any mental scarring or anything that occurs as a result of uh, of doing that. But you will now understand what the whole concept of fully functional means. Doctor Colbert enters saying that Guardian Z was on his way. Well, he's not on his way. He's about to be zapped in by hologram. I've I've suddenly become very cynical. What's wrong with me? (laughs) Um, Although he was told to take it slow and adjust to his new body, Grey has no trouble running to the Doctor and hugging him, saying he had words planned to thank him, but they didn't come close to expressing how he felt. Z then appears via Hollow, glad to see that Grey had returned. Adira asks him how he feels. Great answers that he felt whole and home thanks to them. Yeah. Cause all that time when he was in this state of, of of limbo, he was he could hear what Adir had been saying to him and felt them reaching for him. Yeah. Again, I have thousands of questions, I'm not gonna bother. No. <laughs> no, no. Don't don't bother. How could you hear when you had no consciousness? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But again, a lovely um, uh, yeah, yeah. reunion, family reunion
1: uh, scene. Yeah, it's a pretty Stamets And then, there, but
0: it's okay. no, that would have been nice being yeah. um, being family. part of the family. But interestingly enough, we've not seen Stamets present at any part of this process whatsoever. Yeah, which. I am slightly surprised about, I know he's got a job to do. I know he's got a lot of things to work on, but I think even if he was given the choice, do you want to sit there and stand there and search your tachyons or do you want to witness what is it? Basically the, the reanimation of your adopted son. Yeah. I think even he would say hold my beer. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know, but we, we don't know whether he's back from Nivar yet.
1: True.
0: True. All right, this is the last scene of the episode. On his ship, Booker lies on his bed, looking at a hollow projection of Quajon's forest. Birda enters, and is surprised to see the, the scene, as it was too painful for him to watch a week before. Booker admits that it is still painful, and it's hard to look at, but it's also nice. He explains to her that he got a memory back, And he now feels that someday the grief will fade. But if he didn't want his other memories to fade with it, he had it to open himself back up to them, both good and And bad. bad. Yeah,
1: Mm. yeah. I guess that's what we said. Uh, He had this this memory of of, uh, his his nephew, uh, and he he now knows that he loved him. Well, he knew um, Book loved him, so that has unlocked some some uh healing process maybe? Uh, something like that. It bootstrapped the healing process. Uh so now it needs to it needs to yeah, I guess you know uh the there's just saying that times time heals everything. And uh yeah it does. It kinda does, but takes time. Mm. So it's gonna take a, a long time for book to heal it will do
0: and i i'm not convinced we would necessarily see much of that process no. occurring now because uh, cl- you know we've seen closure for yeah. book so there there may not be any any other no. references to not not many certainly references to this um in the remaining of the uh, of, of the season but uh, burnham did notice that he's now wearing his ikujen again um, for those that don't know what that is, that's if you go back to episode one, uh, that is what they were creating for Leto, which is the the blood of the family and um, the sap from well, I can't remember what they called it, but the, basically the, the 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 tree. Yeah. Uh, going to this amulet yeah, which you wear all the yeah. time,
1: yeah.
0: and I we still don't know why why he wasn't wearing it, do we? No. He we we haven't had haven't I had closure know. on this.
1: No. So it's so like a long story or something like that. Uh, yeah, he never explained.
0: So th- this this is this is probably the crux of Booker's backstory is is yeah. why he felt detached from from his his kind from his people. Yeah. Hope hopefully we'll we'll hear about that either later this season or possibly even in, in season five. But yeah, Booker had not worn it for years. It didn't feel right to him. For some reason, but suddenly now it did. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Burnham noticed that he now seems peaceful, and he admits that in that
1: moment he did. Indeed, and that was the end of the episode. Yes, a nice ending. Very cool. Very nice. Very cosy. <laughs> very very cosy. Yes. Uh, Absolutely, so, you can. Uh, lying on your bed with your shoes on in the 2645 century so Thir- 34th 34th century. 34th yeah uh, yeah
0: 3389 i think they're in at the moment right, uh, yeah roughly you can lay bed with your put on. yeah well the dots will come along and yeah <laughs> take all the mud off the uh, off yes. the off the bedspread yeah yeah so i mean it goes without saying, it's it's brilliant to to be reviewing these episodes again. But yeah. what did you think of um, of this episode? I think it was uh, a good episode. Uh,
1: I mean, we've we've noticed a few uh, things here, here and there, but that's that's what we do. You know, we pick on on, on those episodes. <laughs> if if it's your first time listening to to us, we love Star Trek, but we also love to notice the things that. You know, don't make sense or, uh, uh or are like, uh, you know, recurring track things that that are silly <laughs> or things like that. But yeah, I I liked the, I liked the episode mostly the tilly parts of the episode. Um, the search for the, 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 the anomaly, what the anomaly is. It, it's, it's interesting. It's a bit less interesting than, the uh, the a plot or is it the b plot? I don't know. I don't know which one is a plot, which one is b plot. But I would say the a plot is this the story with the 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 uh, Givini, and the b plot is the uh, continuing search for the anomaly. So the a plot was really good. The b plot was a little bit pff, little less interesting this time. Some of those episodes, it, it gets really interesting, but, but overall, it was a, a good one. It's one of those episodes that I watched without, you know, thinking about something else, like what am I gonna have for dinner after that or things like that. So it's a good sign. <laughs> uh, and, um, and it was also good to get back into Star Trek because I haven't watched any, oh, expect, yeah, I, I watched uh, Prodigy, but a uh, live action Star Trek. Um, it's been a while since I watched an episode, so it was great to get back to watching and taking notes and, uh, and, uh, you know, getting ready for this recording. Mm. I've not seen any of
0: Prodigy yet. It's something I have to, uh, to look forward to, but like you, I've not seen much in the way of, uh, Star Trek over, over the last year or so. Yeah. So, it's nice to get back into it. I I, I kind of missed it. Even even rewatching these episodes, I have kind of missed it. Yeah. Um I mean t- talking about the the A plot and A plot and B plot, and um, personally I think I would have had it the other way around, but it's it's not not relevant. The the arc plot, which is the um the anomaly. I think this is probably if I recall, the weakest episode of the season. Yeah as far as the anomaly is concerned, certainly as we get towards the end of the season, it gets much more intense. Mm-hmm. The beep, the, 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 the week plot. No, um, the episode plot specifically, uh, I think was good, yeah. but like a lot of these, it's very difficult to try and, um, reconcile these weekly plots alongside the Ark. Sometimes they don't make sense. I mean, yes, there was the link that it was the anomaly that destroyed the homeworld of the Alba world, whatever they were called, the alien race. So that was the link to it. But otherwise, I'm sure... Yeah.
1: I think they said... I'm sure they said that... it became inevitable, and so they moved here. But then... Ah. Oh, Vanny thought because of the anomaly close to here that would put the race in danger, and that's why she wanted to get the lithium so they could move. I think, but maybe I'm wrong, but I think it was in
0: which case I've just proved the disproving of my original point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think there was no relation between, uh, well, yes, there was because of the anomaly, Giovanni needed the, the lithium. That's, that's the thing Yes, that's the link. But, yes. but yeah, you're right. The well, let's call that the B plot or the the episode plot. It's yeah. like the monster of the week, you know. No, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, exactly what it is. Yeah. But no, I, I think as as an episode, it was it was really really good. Um, I think like I said I have watched episodes one and two prior to watching three again. Um, so. It's not like I was watching this for the first time and thinking, "Oh my goodness, Star Trek is just wonderful," which it yeah. is. It is. But I I watched it in the context of the story so far. Mm-hmm. So comparing this episode to the two the came before it and the rest of the seasons that uh, from memory, this was a good episode. It really was. It was really nice to see the Millat Milat um, coming back again. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see Gabrielle again. Um, we learned a lot. I think a lot more about some of the key characters during this episode, which I do know for a fact will be, um, developed over the remainder yeah. of the season. So it, it's, it, it's going to be really good to see how that works. So yeah, definitely a good, strong episode. Indeed. And more to come. Indeed. And yeah, more to come. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, just a, a little little primer for the rest of the season. Oh my goodness. <laughs> there you go. That's that's my preview of the rest of season uh, four.
1: That's going to be the, the word of the week. The, the expression of the week.
0: <laughs> I think you're probably right. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to cover off on uh, on the review?
1: No. I'm good.
0: Okay. And that, that concludes our uh, review shortened and lengthened of Star Trek Discovery season four, episode three, choose to live. Seriously though, what plum thought that we could do this in an hour.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but there's no editing to do. So that's, that's good.
0: No, no, exactly. Uh, You still got to put the little jingly things in in the the breaks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm going to show uh, uh, caroline has just um mm-hmm. given me a a note because i said to her it would take about an hour i'm going to display it for the benefit of the twitch stream yeah. but i'm going to um i'm going to sanitize it for the purpose of the podcast recording um it basically says one hour my foot <laughs> <laughs> yeah but gen- genuinely i thought we could turn this around in an hour in an hour yeah, but well, no, I th- I no. think,
1: well let's, on, let's, let's finish on, this recording and then we, start. we can discuss uh, earlier. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh exactly. yeah. you.
0: so th- thank you to all of you for listening to our show you can help us spread the love for this podcast by finding an almost extinct and preferably unknown species and overloading their communication system with our previous 95 96 however many recordings or if you think this could be detrimental to the integrity of your person you can simply share the address of our website on social media
1: and our website is at trgrayhat.org where you can find our show notes our review well no more because we won't probably won't put any reviews back then uh, there but uh, you can leave a comment for every episode we have ever i was going to say recorded but that's not true we have ever published <laughs> no published yeah
0: we are on Twitter and Facebook. Our username for both of these is tegh Podcast. And we're also on Telegram at t.me slash Podcast. And I believe we'll be adding to that probably for the next episode. We'll have another social
1: media yes.
0: uh, outlet to to make you aware of.
1: Indeed. We also stream the recording of those episodes on Twitch, usually at twitch.tv slash Podcast, but not tonight because I was not ready. And... Reasons, So we didn't do that on the TGH podcast channel, but that's where we're going to be uh, starting next week to twitch.tv slash podcast.
0: And thank you to Memory Alpha. Now, normally we, um, we base uh, our reviews or basically copied our reviews from um, their work. Uh, this time round, it was kind of that, but it was so pared down it was almost unrecognisable from the original work. But because we did use them, we still need to acknowledge their um, their contribution to this episode. Uh, their article that we used from Memory Alpha was released under a Creative Commons by Attribution non commercial license.
1: Yeah, some some work they do. Uh, on, yeah, on they do. Alpha. Yeah. The rest I think of we the show is released under release, a Creative Commons uh, Attribution share-like license. See our website for details. Somewhere.
0: So, <laughs> I've still not found it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this podcast is a part of the Other Side Podcast Network. Check out more about our shows, our hosts, and just our general all-round awesomeness at Otherside.network.
1: Our next episode will be a review of All Is Possible, the fourth episode of the fourth season of Star Trek Discovery. And that brings us to the, all the end of the show. Thank you, Dave, for joining me again after 13 months. You yeah, are so welcome. So welcome. It was so good to record another a Trek episode and and, yes. and be uh, all Trekky and nerdy about that we will be back next week with a whole lot more Star Trek Discovery in the meantime take care of yourselves ciao ciao see ya You've been listening to a member of the Utterside Podcast Network. Find more about our shows at utterside.network.